Then everybody asked, "What is the matter? We don't understand. Who has cut your choppy, choti?" I said, "Look, the chain is impossible to stop. These people are asking, 'Who's choti? Who has cut it? Where is the choti?'" I said, "Just look inside his turban." On his head, and the man who was considered to be a wrestler in the town came up and took off his turban, and the chubby fell out. My father was also there and saw it. When we were returning home, he said to me, "I will reward you, but don't take advantage of our." Contract, I said, I'm not. That is not a contract between me and you. My contract is that I will always speak the truth to you, and you will reward me for it. And he remained consistent. Whatsoever I had done, howsoever wrong in his eyes. He continually rewarded me, but it is difficult to find a father like that. The father has to be. The father has to forcibly impose his ideals on you. My father was condemned by my whole city. You are spoiling the child. He said. If that is his destiny to be spoiled, let me let him be spoiled. Okay. I will not be responsible for the. I'm not be responsible for interfering. In his destiny, he will never be able to say, "My father spoiled me." And if he if he is happy in being spoiled, then what is the wrong in being spoiled? Wherever and whatsoever happens in his life, I don't want to interfere. My father. Has interfered with my life, and I know that I would have been a different person if he hadn't. And I know that he is right that every father turns the child into a hypocrite, because I have been turned into a hypocrite. When I wanna laugh, when I wanna laugh, I'm serious. When I want to be serious, have to laugh. At least let one person laugh at the time when he want. He wants to laugh. And let him be serious when he wants to be serious. He said, "I've been, I've." He said, "I have eleven children, but." I will think of myself as having 
only 10. And he always thought that he had only 10. He never counted me among his children because he said I have given him total freedom to be himself. Why should he why should he carry any image of me? Why should he carry any, any image of me? In a better society, and when I say in a better society, I mean a society that understands each person's integrity, respects even a small child's being, and does not impose on it. But that society seems to be far, far away because all people have their vested interests and they cannot stop their trips. They cannot stop their trips. They have to use and exploit people. Hmm. Interesting. Somebody becomes a president. You never think that he has become a president at your cost. That something in you has been killed so that this man can become the president of the country. If everybody was left and unique, uh, uh, if everybody was left unique, original, it would be impossible for the people who are presidents and prime ministers who are ruling the whole world and who have been destroying the world for thousands of years and go on destroying it to continue doing this. With individuals, there will be totally different kinds of societies. There will be communes, not societies. There will be no nations because there is no need. What is the need of nations? The whole earth is one. Only on the maps do you go on drawing lines. And over those lines, you go on fighting and killing and murdering. It is such a stupid game that unless the whole, unless the whole of humanity is mad, it is impossible to think how it goes on continuing. What is the need of nations? What is the need of passports and visas and boundaries? This whole earth belongs to us. Wherever one wants to be, one has the right to be. The sun is nobody's property. The earth is nobody's property. The moon is nobody's property. The wind, the clouds, the rain, nothing is anybody's property. Why do you draw these lines? Mm, it's so logical. <laughs> you can understand it easily. Soon you'll see lines on the moon. You can understand it easily. Soon you will see lines on the moon. Right now, there are not 
but soon you will see a Russian zone, an American zone, and a Chinese zone. Nobody lives there. Nobody will ever live there. There seems to be. There seems to be no possibility of life growing on the moon. The moon is a dead planet, not a single drop of water. Yes, you can be there for a few hours with all your gas masks, and oxygen cylinders and everything, but this is not the way the people can live there. But already, they have put their flags. There is nobody to see the flag. There is nobody to salute the flag. Not even a bird sometimes to shit on the flag. The first thing the Americans did was to place a pole and put up the flag. How idiotic! And from whom? But other fools will follow. <laughs> This will go to Mars. They will go to other planets, and they will do the same thing everywhere. There is no need for nations except that. Politicians need nations because without nations there will be no politics. Except that generals need nations because without nations there will be no wars. Except that the factories that produce weapons will go out of production. What will happen to your nuclear weapons? Plans.、Uh, what will happen to your nuclear weapons plans and all the energy involved in them? Because if there are no nations, there is no need to create nuclear weapons. For whom? The simplest solution to save humanity is to remove from the map. All the lines, and just from the map, on the Earth there are no lines. Just from the map, simply remove all the lines, and you won't have the Third World War. And you will not need so many armies all around the world. Millions of people are doing nothing except turning left, turning right. If somebody is watching from above, he will be surprised. Why do people go on turning right, then left, then about turn? They march, they come back, disperse. Every day, millions of people all around the earth. He will suddenly think something is wrong. Some nut, some bolt, needs to be put. Right. These nations can exist only if your personality is false. These churches and religions can exist only if you don't have your original face, because a person who has his own original face, what business has he to do? That he needs to go to the Pope, for what? There is no reason why he should go 
to any religious teacher or to any temple or to any synagogue synagogue and why should he become a Mohammedan a Christian a Hindu why with your original face you will feel so contented so immensely fulfilled and at home that there will be no search left you have found it with your original face you feel you will feel so contented so immensely fulfilled and at home that there will be no search left you have found it but these people will not allow you to find it they will they will distract you from the simple reason that they have some trips they have some ideas of their own and you have to be sacrificed for their ideas politicians will sacrifice you for their politics religions will sacrifice you for their kind of politics nobody is interested in the child and the reason is clear the child has to be molded into a certain pattern that fits in a society in a nation in a particular ideology in russia the child had to be taught communism from the very beginning he had to know the names of karl marx friedrich angels uh, vladimir lenin they were their goal they were their gods in non-communist countries it is the same thing only the names differ everybody is sacrificed to some stupid ideology theology politics religion that's why people get distracted but the child allows it for the simple reason that he does not know who he is going to become naturally he depends on his parents elders those who know better and he is not aware that they don't know better <laughs> and he is not aware that they don't know better they are in the same boat as the ignorant as the child the only difference is the child is innocent also they are cunning but ignorant and just because of their cunningness they go on hiding their ignorance in borrowed knowledge ah the grandfather used to take me to any mahatma any saints and he used to say to me if you don't come then i'm not going because then it is so dull you make it alive and i was simply raising very simple questions what can a child do what can a child do one hindu monk swami vidyananda used to come to the town 
every rainy season. For four months, he lectured there. He was a well-known teacher. The first day, I went with my grandfather. I simply stood up, and because of my grandfather, nobody could throw me at all. Uh, nobody could throw me out or tell me to sit down. Everybody knew about him, that he was a dangerous man in that matter. If anybody said, if anybody said, boy, you sit down, you don't understand such great things, my grandfather would say, but I don't understand either, and I am 70 years old. So you keep quiet, you understand. And he would tell me, you ask. It was clear that they could not throw me out. They could not stop me. So I simply asked Vidyananda, one thing I want to know about what you are saying. It is, is it borrowed or experienced? Now, remember that you are sitting in the temple of God. It was a Rama Mandar, the best place in the town, the most precious temple of the town, with a very beautiful marble hall. So all the best discourses were arranged there. I told him, you look at the statue of Rama. And remember that you are in a sacred place and remember your robe, that you are a monk. Don't disgrace your robe. Don't disgrace your robes and don't disgrace your God. Just say the truth. Whatever you are saying, is it experienced? Do you know God? Have you seen God? just the way you are seeing me. Have you talked with God the way you are talking with me? Or have you just learned from the books? There was a great silence. The man hesitated. I said, your hesitation says everything. You better tell the truth because if you have seen God, why should you hesitate? You feel a little afraid. I can see perspiration on your forehead, and it is cool inside. The man said, I never thought about it, but being a sannyasin and being in the temple of God, I cannot speak untoothfully. I have no experience. I may I am saying whatsoever I have heard and read and studied. Then I said to him, Get out. Get out from this place immediately. Then find a person who has himself known and bring him here. You are throwing borrowed rubbish on these poor people's heads and giving them the idea that they also know. Because I know these fools, they are all from my own town, and they talk as if they know. I told the people, listen to your guru. He was almost 
the guru of the whole city because for years he must have been sixty at that time. For years he had been visiting the town for four months every year. But that was the last time. Since then, I have not heard about him in that town. When I was traveling around India, I went on inquiring about what happened to Vidyananda, whether he died or he was still alive, what happened. Finally, I met him in a place I had never expected near Madras in Adia. Adia is the headquarters of the Theosophic. Theosophical movement. I had gone to deliver a few walks, few talks in Madras, and my host wanted to go and see Adya. Adya is beautiful. The Theosophists had done a really good job. They had made a beautiful place, but it is now lying deserted. Nobody goes there. They had made beautiful houses, cottages, a green garden, a whole colony. Adia has perhaps the biggest bow tree. Has perhaps the biggest bow tree. When the Theosophical movement was alive, underneath that body. They used to have their conventions. Thousands of people can sit under its shade, and Adia has perhaps one of the most precious libraries in the world. Theosophists had collected manuscripts from China, Tibet, Ladakh, Mongolia, Korea. Strange places, strange languages, and they have a very great underground library of ancient scripts. I found this man there in the library. He was working as a librarian, but he was no longer a monk. I asked him what happened. He said, "The day you changed my whole life. That day, you changed my whole life." After that, I could not speak with the same authority as I had spoken before. I lost my courage. I tried, but every time the question arose in me that I don't know, so why am I telling these people? Perhaps it is not right. Perhaps it is right. Who knows? I'm committing a sin. Because these people will start thinking that they know. That day in your city, he had not been able to recognize me. I had to remind him because he had last seen me as a child. I could recognize him, although by then he was near ninety. But from sixty to ninety, not much change. Not much change happens. Yes, you become older, but no basic change happens. 
He was older, fragile, but in a way younger, more alive. I said to him, You're thirty years older now, but I can see your eyes are younger, more alive. He said, Yes, because I have dropped that life of phoniness. Now I'm simply what I am. I don't know. I'm searching, but I don't know that it will be possible to know in this life because so much is lost. I said, Don't even be pessimistic. It can happen any day. It can happen today. If it is not happening, that means that's still somewhere. You're carrying the borrowed. Can I ask you again? After thirty years, another question. He said, I would be obliged because that first question has done me a great service. It has taken away my monkhood, my mahaptomahood, my followers, everything. I said, Why did you start working in the library as a librarian? Because this is against the same kind of business. Because this is again the same kind of business. Now you are searching in ancient scripts found in Tibet, found in Ladakh, found in Nepal. You are still not looking in yourself. First, you are searching for truth in printed books. Now you are searching for it in handwritten ancient scripts. Thinking that these people must have known, but you are again doing the same foolishness. Neither, neither does the printing press know. Neither, neither does the printing press know. It goes on printing Bible after Bible, millions of Bibles, and the printing paper press remains. Just a printing press. It does not even become a Christian. Do you think in handwriting scripts you will be able to find truth? These people were just working as writers. They were simply copying and they were being paid for it. It is not that they were not, they were knowers. They were copiers. They were doing a primitive method of printing. In those days, printing was not possible, so people used to write copying from one manuscript to another manuscript, and from that to another manuscript, and they would sell them. Do you think these people knew? Again, he said, Again, you're right. I've been here for 20 years in his in this underground library looking into. All kinds of strange methods, ideologies, very impressive, very logical. But certainly, I'm doing the same thing. I'm not looking in. Now, you will not find me anywhere. Now, you will not find me anywhere. He said, Again, you're right. I've been here for 20 years in this underground library looking into all kinds of strange methods, ideologies, very impressive, very logical. 
Absolutely, I'm doing the same thing. I'm not looking in. Now you will not find me anywhere. He dropped his job that very day. While I was still in Adia, he left. I came back after walking around. It is a big place, and once it was a throbbing commune. When Annie Besant was alive, thousands of, thousands of people lived there. When I came back to the main office and inquired about Vidya Nanda, they said he has left. What have you told him? Because after you met him in the library, he came into the office and he said, I'm leaving and leaving forever. I'm finished with this. I'm finished with books, although I'm too much old, but perhaps a few days may be enough. Or at least before I die, I should begin rightly. Perhaps in the next life I can complete my search, but at least I should begin. Nobody is asking, what do, you, what you know, is it your knowledge? If it is not your knowledge, put it aside. It has no value. What you are doing. Is it your aspiration? Do you really feel a bell ringing in your heart? If it is not so, then don't waste a single moment more. People go on doing things that other people have forced them to do, and people are going to continue to force them. It is most improbable. That parents will stop forcing their children to be just images of their own idea. That teachers will stop forcing on them whatsoever they know, as if they really know. They will go on pretending that they know. My principal in high school was a mathematician.、Uh, my principal. In high school, was a mathematician. I was not a student of mathematics, but I used to go to his office whenever I saw that he was alone and talk about higher mathematics. Because now the older mathematics is not applicable any longer to physics, biology, chemistry, biochemistry. They're going beyond it. So he told me, Why don't you start attending my classes? I said, I have no problem. I'm not a student of mathematics. But whenever I'm free and you have a class, I'd love to come if you allow me. But then don't get disturbed by me because I will not just be dead there, I will be alive. He said, What do you mean by being alive? I said exactly what it means being alive. You just give me a chance and see. I was always interested in many things, trying to find out whether they are really based in knowing or were only hypothetical. Because if they were hypothetical, then they were not really true. They were just a programmatic, pragmatic.
they were just pragmatic, helpful, convenient. For example, you click Dian geometry. That's the class he was teaching. Euclidean, Euclid, Euclidean geometry. That's the class he was teaching when he was he allowed me for the first day. Now Euclid's definitions. Even a child can see that they were wrong. Euclid says a line has length but no breadth. Now, without breadth, how can a line be? It is so simple. One does not need to be a mathematician. I'm not a mathematician. I'm not a mathematician, and I was not at all at this at that time. And I asked him, "This is stupid. What you're saying that it has length but no breadth. It does have breadth. Draw a line on the board without breadth." Just with length, then I will accept your hypothesis," he said. "Now I know what you mean by being alive. I have done postgraduate mathematics, and this question never came to me to my mind. Euclid says it. Every school, every college, every university teaches it. So I never thought, but perhaps you're right." <laughs> I said, "It is miserable. With the chalk you draw, lying on the blackboard, and still, you're saying that it has no breadth. And the point Euclid says has neither length nor breadth. Then how can you? How can it be? It may have a very very small length, a very very small breadth." But that does not mean that it has none. You just need a magnifying glass. You just wait, and I will run to the chemistry lab, and chemistry lab, and bring the magnifying glass and show you. He said there is no need to go. I can understand, but then, what am I to teach? Euclid is finished because these are basic definitions. I said these are hypotheses. These are hypotheses. Just one thing you have to accept that these hypotheses are practical, but not truth. So you have to find out about whatsoever you know. Whether it is just hypothetical, useful in life, or really a truth that you know, that you have felt, that you have experienced, if it is only a hypothesis, put it aside, and you will feel such an unburdening. All hypotheses. All hypotheses, all borrowed knowledge that has gathered there, and which you are carrying, you are dragging a mountain's,、uh, you are dragging a mountainous load. 
You are carrying crushed. You are being crushed under it. Just put it aside. <clears throat> Be ignorant. Accept that I'm ignorant. And from that point, you can start the search. Every child is going to be burdened. I hope that someday it will not be so. In fact, there is no need because when you are teaching Euclid, you can teach very simple. You can teach very simply that this is not truth, it is only a hypothesis. With this hypothesis, it becomes easier to understand the triangle, the circle, and everything. But remember that at the base there is a hypothesis, and the whole place is hypothetical. Similarly, your God is a hypothesis, and the whole pyramid of theology. Is based on nothing but that hypothesis. If you start looking into things, it does not need great intelligence, it needs only simple innocence to see. That principal called me into his office and he said, You're not to come again to my classes because now it will be difficult for me to deal with the children. They have seen me as ignorant. <laughs> They have seen me as ignorant. Up to now, I was an authority. You've destroyed that. But he was a sincere man in a way. He said, I can understand you, but don't do it to any other teacher because they may not understand it. And now, I know why so many complaints go on coming against you, that you are a disturbance. But this was not a disturbance. You have opened my eyes, and I will never again be able to be the same. But what, but what puzzled me is that I never thought about it, I simply accepted it. That's the point I want you to notice. You have accepted everything up to now. What they have said, you have accepted. You have to start questioning, doubting. Don't be afraid of authorities. There is no authority. Krishna or Christ, Muhammad or Mahabira, nobody is an authority. And if they are an authority, then they are an authority to themselves, not to you. You will be an authority only to yourself if somebody, if someday you come to know the truth of your own original face. Then, too, you will not be an authority to some, somebody else. Nobody can be an authority to anybody else. This is whole idea of authority has to disappear from the world. Yes, people can. Share their experience, but that is not authority. I don't want to force anything on you. Not a single word, not a single concept. Your whole effort is somehow to make you alert and be aware 
of all authorities. And the moment you see there is some authority hanging around your being, throw it out. Be finished with all that has been given to you, forced upon you, and the original face will start showing up. You never know. You cannot even imagine what your original face will be, what your true being will be. You will know only when you know. When you are face to face with yourself, then there is no hindrance of any kind and you are left totally alone. In that aloneness have, flor have flowered all the beings that have flowered. Not many have flowered, only once in a while. It is a strange tragedy that millions of people are born and only once in a while a person blossoms. That's why I say there is no gardener, no God, looking around watching, caring otherwise. Millions of trees and only one tree comes to flowers. Only one tree comes to flower. Spring comes and goes and only one tree blossoms. Millions of trees simply remain barren. Unproductive. What kind of gardener is looking after the garden? This is enough proof that there is no gardener, no God. But that does not mean that you have to become pessimistic. In fact, that gives you a new dimension, that you have to be your own gardener. It is good that there is no God, because you can be your own gardener. But then the whole responsibility is yours. You cannot blame anybody. I'm talking the God away. I'm taking the God away so that you cannot blame the poor old man. Enough, he has been blamed for everything. He created the world, he created this, he created that. I take all that blame away from him. He does not exist. You have created him just to throw your responsibility on him. Take your responsibility back. Accept your aloneness. Accept your ignorance. Accept your responsibility and then see the miracle happening. Have never seen yourself before. That day you are really born. Before that, it was only a <laughs> Otherwise, Oh, what is that? That day you are really born. Before that, it was only a pre-birth process. There are reasons why people have been distracted from their original originality. First, you don't know what your originality is. Second, there are people who are in a hurry to impose some idea of their own on you. Because once that idea is imposed, 
you are psychologically enslaved because once that idea is imposed, you are psychologically enslaved. A Christian cannot find truth. A Hindu cannot find truth because Christianity is a prison. Hinduism is a prison. Somebody is burdened by the Quran and somebody else is burdened by the Tara. Okay, this is not a question of what has be what has to be thrown. Whatever it is, that's why with me a Jew, a Christian, a Hindu, a Mohammedan, a Jaina, a Buddhist, a Paris Parsi or a Sikh, anybody can find something transprinting in him. Because what I'm saying is, is applicable to sell. Whether you are hundreds with the Bible or the Quran makes no difference. Yeah, yeah that's it.